Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Kelly. Welcome back to Dr. Talks. We're continuing our series on thyroid health, and we have a very special guest, one of my very good friends, excellent practitioner, Dr. Kyson Frank. Welcome, Dr. Frank. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. You were top of my list, Dr. Kyson, because we go way back. I mean, Dr. Kyson, you have really opened up some doors for me and you know, really been so knowledgeable in your pursuit for just improving yourself in your clinic. And I'm always following what you're doing. So I'm just so happy to have you here. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm excited yeah. to be here and to kind of discuss some of the stuff that we're finding and treating and getting success with. Yes, definitely. So we're going to be talking mostly about thyroid and parasites, uh, which is a major problem. We all know it. Um, so Dr. Frank, before we go down that ro uh, road of getting into the par parasites and thyroid, tell us about yourself and your practice. Well, I'm a chiropractor by education who got into functional medicine while I was still in college because I was trying to find better ways of getting results, even for myself, you know, before I even got into practice and treating people, which led me down a lot of different pathways and roads to discovering different ways of finding things outside of just laboratory testing and how to find better results, which led me through functional medicine. I got into epigenetics, doing a lot of testing genetics and looking at that. Then I also got into uh, energy medicine and kinesiology, things that allowed me to kind of have the education on one side and be able to treat appropriately on the other side for each individual based on their personal needs, even when it comes down to their genetic needs. And so by doing that, I was able to actually treat and fix myself for a lot of Lyme things and parasite stuff that I dealt with most of my life that were kind of missed in most of the functional medicine aspects due to laboratory testing. So it's allowed me to kind of come through and, and fix my life in a lot of ways. And by doing that, I've been able to help quite a few other people. So that's such a common thread. And among a lot of us functional medicine practitioners is that, you know, we met a lot of roadblocks when it came to healing. And so we really had to just, you know, dive in ourselves to get ourselves better. And I share that story with you. And I think that we're some of the most tenacious people because we have the empathy for our patients. We have the empathy of knowing what it's like to suffer. So kudos to you and in, in your clinic and all uh, your very talented uh, partners and doctors at the, the clinic. We'll get into that um, at the end so people can learn more about how to find you. But let's first talk about, let's, let's dig in right away. Let's uh, come out the gates of blazing here. How do parasites affect our thyroid? Well, parasite or thyroid issues have become more and more mainstream. We're seeing more diagnosis of Hashimoto's, autoimmune issues, and things like this. And what we got to understand about parasites is they're an invasion. They're trying to take over your body. And they're trying to make it a place where they can feel at home. So doing that, they have to disrupt our normal immune system. They have to disrupt all the pathways there in our body that are going to affect them in a negative way. And so they go through an almost in a terrorist type. We jokingly call them terrorists in our mm -hmm. clinic because that's what they are. They really are. They're hidden. They like to hide and they like to manipulate us, not just our mood and our behavior, but how we eat, what we eat, you know, how we, our metabolism works, which is a big part of the thyroid. How we go through and fight these, these things off is through our immune system. And if our immune system is a challenge, we have trouble there. So it weakens us. It, it allows toxicity to build up in our body. So some of the, the big things right off the bat, when we look at that, when a parasite comes in, the first thing it tries to do is it tries to feed and breed. Those are its two main goals in life, feed and breed. Well, to breed, it's got to be able to feed properly and it's got to feed on something. So either it's going to steal the resources in your gut, it's going to steal from you what you're eating, or it's going to actually feed on you. It's going to chew on your tissues and steal your blood and everything else that it needs to survive. And to do that, it will 
cause all kinds of other issues. One of the biggest things we see is, and parasites specifically, is normally in the gut. That's normally where we first notice it. And we have parasites in the brain, the liver, and other organs and stuff that will come across a little more acutely, and we'll see those things kind of pop up. Or they can go undiagnosed for long periods of time because laboratory testing trying to find parasites in a brain aren't very good. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you can't get things in the blood-brain barrier to show up in a blood test usually. And so dealing with those things there takes quite a bit. So it's always interesting to see how a parasite will come in and affect you on several levels. First thing, it'll affect your neurotransmitters. It'll affect your microbiome, your gut, which creates a lot of your neurotransmitters, such as serotonin, which makes you feel good. The old thing about serotonin is it helps your bowels move as well. So when your bowels are moving well, you're happy, things are, are going well. When the bowels don't move, toxicity builds up, and then we have trouble clearing out, which means that we're absorbing. I think we've talked about this in the past. We had the detox retox cycle mm -hmm. where we're trying to detoxify things out, but it sits in our bowels so long that we start reabsorbing again. And now we're just swimming in a muddy pool here because we can't filter anything out and get it out of the system. And so what they do is they'll disrupt that. They'll mess with our neurotransmitters to slow down our bowels so they can feed on what they want to feed on. And the more they feed, the more toxins they produce. Because anytime you feed an animal, something comes out the rear end. Right. And so this can affect us by affecting our nervous system, our vagus nerve, going up to the brain, brain fog, all these different things that happen with that. So parasites are a really big problem. And they also affect our hormone levels. And they affect our ability to uh, manage our hormones to the liver because the toxins build up, slow the liver down. And then we can't convert thyroid hormone very well. So T4, 93%, I believe, of all T4 that's produced by the thyroid gets converted in the liver. And if it's not converting it properly, then we're going to show low T3, which in the hypothalamus is going to say, hey, we need to start making more. And so it'll tell the pituitary, start making more TSH. And then it'll start ramping up the thyroid even more. And even though we're pushing harder, we cannot get the liver to convert it any faster. And so it slows that down and the thyroid can get worn out. So are so. you saying in effect that parasitic infection can set off like that cell danger response where the, right, the body is just like, we're under attack. We have to shift our resources. We have to shift what we're doing. And then we don't feel well. And we have brain fog, you know, like you said, our ball move, everything's affected. Um, so that brings me to question. So what are your top symptoms? Like, how do we know? How does a, a person who's watching this, like, how do, how do they know that they might have parasites? I mean, you said a lot of things, but is there anything else specifically? So when we look, when we look at parasites here, they're kind of a great pretender or their symptoms come across as many other things. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we don't realize we have, we have an upset stomach. We have something going on. It comes and goes, it waxes and wanes. And most people don't realize that with the full moon and new moon cycle, it changes how they respond and how they act as a general rule. During the new moon, parasites kind of wake back up and they ramp up to the full moon for a few days. They lay eggs and then they kind of go into a lull where they're kind of resting for a few weeks. And this is why people kind of go back and forth. And I always ask them, well, rude question, you ever get an itchy butt? Well, yeah, every once in a while, but not all the time. Well, that's usually when they're going down laying eggs around the anal opening there for they can be expressed out of the body and that plays into it. So something interesting as well, when we talk about the cell danger response and how this works is we kind of operate in two systems in our body, our parasympathetic, which is rest and digest, or sympathetic, which is fight or flight. And what's fascinating about this is fight or flight is like a big red button, okay? The body's sitting there in a normal state. Everybody's at the factory. It's what I call the factory fortress analogy here. We're in the factory. We're producing things. We're building things. Everything's going great. Everything's chill. Then something comes along and sets it off, and somebody hits the big red button, Everybody gets to your battle stations. We're under attack. 
Now, if you have a bear chasing you, this is what you want to happen. Your body completely shifts the way it operates for you can get away or fight something off. And then you escape, hopefully you escape, and then you get better and everything goes back to normal. Everything goes back to the factory floor and starts working again. Now, the real problem is, is when we get hypersensitive to things and our toxicities are high in our body and we're already at a high stress level, little things set us off. We could have somebody walk up to us. We could have a Karen walk up to us and, and talk to us that you see, you see him coming. Like, oh, you just feel it rising up. Your body shifts and changes. Anxiety starts rising up. And so this plays into that. So that fight or flight, and most people don't realize how the cortisol to DHEA ratio works. And you're familiar with pregnant alone, steel or shunting, which means mm-hmm. that as we're going through and making cortisol for stress, it either has two pathways to go. You can go over to DHEA to make our sex hormones or testosterone, which my goodness, there's so much testosterone therapy out there right now for everyone, oh, men and women, there? because they're so deficient. In it. But at the same time, stress is so high. So they're producing more cortisol and it's lowering testosterone, it's lowering all of our other estrogens that we need and things are getting way out of imbalance. And so when that happens, what's interesting is when the DHEA and cortisol ratio gets out of balance here and we're staying at a high level to give parasites create a chemical stress in the body, which really drives this which then can affect our neural tissue health. So our ability to have good sleep and to feel good, feel happy, have good memory and learning, but also affects our musculoskeletal health. So we lose muscle mass because not producing testosterone. Then you get the carbohydrate metabolism. So this is also where we see diabetes and things like this really start coming in with more people under stress. Because when you're under stress and you're in that state of sympathetic dominance, where you're in that fight or flight all the time, your body's using sugar for energy and you have sugar cravings all the time. So you're riding that roller coaster up and down. And then you get into it where you start getting autoimmune issues building up because the body starts attacking itself because the immune system's still upregulated and didn't know how to handle the inflammatory aspects back and forth. Then you can't detoxify properly. And then you have metabolism issues. And then you have the entire endocrine system, which goes into the thyroid, of course, but you also have ovarian testicular issues. And then you also have pancreas and insulin going back to the diabetic issue again. So the stress that these things cause on your body completely throw everything out of whack. And you remember stress kills. Well, we just talked about how it does it. Right. So exactly. Very well put. I really think it's interesting when people uh, think it's voodoo. When I start talking about the phases of the moon, because I'll ask them, well, have you ever noticed if you have animals, how they start to get real squirrely, you know, at times and they're like, Oh, yeah, that is really true. It's like, well, there's case in point. There's no placebo effect there. They don't really pay yeah. attention to the cycles of the moon. I have noticed this with, especially with um, children that have parasites. It's it, You can document it. And that's one of the most important mm-hmm. things, I think, for the listeners. Document your symptom patterns. Just document. But like, don't pay attention to the moon. Just document how you're feeling. Really qualitative, quantitative. If you have like an aura ring or something you can be tracking. Of course, get, you know, professional help by someone like Dr. Tyson, you know, but really we can kind of start to look at the patterns and you're saying that these patterns, if you have a parasite, they might really rear their ugly head during these cycles of the moon, which is interesting. And I would say that not always, right. I mean, it's not always it's, you know, it it can or cannot happen where their symptoms may or may not be displayed more, but it certainly is a whole. I find in seasons too, that we see it progress more. And then you have these things called super moons, which the moon is much closer to the earth. And if you have two supermoons back to back, it's almost like it doesn't let up for six or eight weeks. It's just instead of having a two week on, you're just constantly riding this wave for two to eight weeks and you're just in miserable pain. You just don't feel good. And that really plays into that. So there's 
variances to it, but as a general rule, we see this happening. And, you know, anybody who's outdoors, maybe hunts or fish, they have charts based upon the moon cycle to know when to go be successful. And they've been proven out. People follow these things because animals react to the gravitational pull of the moon and how they feed and eat and sleep and everything else. Right. Okay. So um, what parasites, moving back kind of into the thyroid, what parasites are usually associated with thyroid disease that you're seeing? Well, we have Giardia, we have, uh, which is one that comes from usually contaminated water, which can play into that as well. Cryptosporidium is one that I see quite a bit. Uh, this one actually is a one that's really hard to get rid of. It can take six weeks or six months to a year because crypto goes into a shell and it'll protect itself. And mm -hmm. you almost have to starve it out because if you treat it for three to four months and you let up, it'll look back up, start back over again. And so this one, you really have to get after it. There's some newer, different treatment models that we're working on with some lasers and some other energy stuff that I think we're actually able to get in there a little bit quicker mm -hmm. and get after that. Uh, Blastocyst hominis is one that actually will create, uh, increase uh, your thyroid antibodies. Um, Intubibula histolica plays into it, but the most common one that I see in my clinic, and it's the most common parasite I see, is called hookworm. So, Nicator americanus. And this thing is about an inch, inch and a half long, and it looks a little bit thicker than a hair. And so, most people don't even see it in their stools if it does come out. But this thing will actually go through and feed on the lining of your gut. And so, you have these folds in your gut, then you have these V lines, fingers sticking off, and on top of the finger, there's little tiny fingers here. Well, they come up, chew on those. And then they use the blood and they'll sit there and almost like they're sucking on a teat to use a description there. Mm -hmm. And they're sucking the blood out, which is why they cause anemia in the body. So low energy starts to make you feel more run down. But if you get thousands of these things in your gut, what happens is they start puncturing the holes in your gut lining, which is kind of a parasitical dysbiosis or leaky gut that we're creating. And you know, as well as I do, when you get leaky gut, well, now we start getting things to start getting into the body that shouldn't be there or haven't been filtered properly. And this is why we see people a lot of gluten issues mm -hmm. because it starts to affect the body because things are leaking into the body because of this. And most of the gluten, a lot of the nut allergies, things I deal with the kids and everything else, we take care of the parasites and we're always amazed at how most of that goes away. They don't have much wow. issue with it anymore. Because it heals up. Like you're getting at the you're getting yeah. at the root cause and it's healing it up. And yeah. you could do those tests to your blue in the face and just remove all those foods. Yeah. But if you're not taking care of the parasites, the cause, forget about it. So that's great. Yeah, I used to do all those food allergy test kits. And the frustrating thing about it was you'd go through and you'd, okay, we're gonna eliminate this, we're gonna do this diet now, six months from now, all the stuff they started on is now an issue. Right. So, but to get back real quick, just I just want to catch up one thing here is when we start to get that dysbiosis or leaky gut and we get gluten so that leaks into the body, we get something called molecular mimicry. And the immune system starts to attack that and it looks like the thyroid. And so then we start developing thyroid autoimmune issues where the body's attacking the thyroid. And we start to see these levels rise. And I've seen it across the board with my patients with Hashimoto's. When we come back and we start dealing with the parasites, all these numbers start dropping significantly. Wow, so that's incredible. That's that's really a piece of information. I've done many interviews and I haven't heard that piece yet. Okay, so let's go back a little bit and let's talk about those parasites chewing on those villi. I have to assume that that's going to cause some nutrient major nutrient deficiencies. Are you seeing yeah. that across the board? Are you seeing like a pattern at all? And then that same thing that it rectifies after treating? Usually with what we're treating there, we'll do, we'll see a lot of mineral deficiencies, things like that. We have to increase mineral count. But the other side of it is we also need to come through and find some way to rebuild that faster before it can heal quicker. So sometimes it's vitamin C to build the collagen, sometimes it's straight collagen, 
Sometimes there's other things that we need to increase in there. One product that I have that I found works really great for healing outside skin is called Loquat. It's a citrus fruit that heals the skin. And so we have that that we put in our remedies that'll actually go through and help heal the gut lining even faster with that. So very interesting. Okay. So then that leads me to the testing for parasites. How do you uniquely at your clinic test for parasites? Well, this is something that, that I found interesting as I got into energy medicine and started testing this way because originally I started out my life as a doctor as a functional medicine. So we did all the stool tests, we did all these things here. And so you got all these stool tests, people spend all this money on them, they get them back and look at it and go, got no parasite there. I'm going, yeah, but I think there is. And then I had on occasion, I had a patient actually pull the parasite out of the stool, put it in there, take a picture of it, show it to me, sent the lab, the lab says they can't find it. I'm like, well, this lab's terrible. Except for the fact that when these worms die, they release enzymes that actually break themselves down. And so by the time they the lab, sometimes they're not there. And so I'm going, we got to find a better way of doing this. And, and they really so sticky? I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I really want to ask you this question. I have heard that the parasites are typically so well attached to our digestive system, to our, you know, mm -hmm. the entirety that these stool tests, I mean, they don't miss just some, they miss a lot. Would you concur with yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Well, it depends on the parasite too. I mean, like if you're having hookworms or some of these other ones, these microscopic ones where there's hundreds of thousands of them that some of them are going to come out, you're going to find something in there. But if you have a tapeworm, unless a piece breaks off, you may not see it unless there's eggs in there, you may see because there's not usually much competition, not usually full of 20 tapeworms usually sure. one of them and it doesn't create enough environment for usually more than one. You got different types. You could have a, a beef tapeworm, pork tapeworm or several others in there, but usually it's kind of one major one. So, but unless a piece breaks off or something else that they can see in there, that one's usually kind of hard to find. But that also takes me back to when I started actually learning the energy of medicine and started doing this. I started actually going through and be able to find things in the other part of the body that weren't going to show up in the stool test. There were, I mean, liver uh, flukes because the liver fluke doesn't, go down into there. So I was able to find those with the energy medicine. We started finding parasites in the brain and all these people. The Toxoplasma gondii, which comes from cats, which I was reading an article is considered the most successful parasite in the world now. And this thing will actually affect your mood, your behavior, your inhibitions, everything you go through. And it's absolutely incredible because cats weren't really something that people kept as pets up until you know the 1800s, except for the Egyptians, they weren't an indoor animal. And now they're indoor animals and now this thing is required to actually be able to reproduce only in a cat. So to get there, it'll get into mice or some other form of bug or something to get to the cat. And it will remove the inhibitions of the mouse, and the mouse will run right at the cat, or the cat will eat it. Yeah, there was a paper so, not that long ago that said that yeah. there's an increased risk of schizophrenia in males who had a cat growing up. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's your, probably your answer. You know, I mean, yeah. those, they love the brain. For some reason, Toxo really enjoys being um, in our, our cerebral area but really i um, well that goes back to the whole uh um the crazy cat lady you know i mean where does that come from i mean it came from somewhere. what are you trying to say kaisen come on now <laughs> i'm just saying check your cats that's all i'm saying because i've had patients who literally were on death's door with this in their brain wow and we've had to do some incredible things to say i had one girl that came in to me she was about 14 at the time and she was living on ivs so they didn't think she was gonna live through the year and we had to address that. Certain sounds would set her off. She'd just completely just fall out of the chair. You know, other times she'd be digging into her head, bleeding down her face and everything from this in her brain when we played certain sounds, certain tunes or frequencies, music. And it absolutely, she'd just be clawing at herself trying to get to it. So it was absolutely very disturbing, but 
bright side is she's now raising horses and riding competitions and has several different jobs and she's just getting after life so it's incredible wearing her parents and, out and and you you found that using the energy techniques that you in your testing, clinic yeah. and your staff that you have perfected because i mean yep. we when we met years and years and years ago we talked about you know kinesiology and testing but you and your clinic with your techniques i mean everyone just take a look if you can in back of dr kyson i mean he this is like half of his clinic right here it's I, we we're just talking it's about, about how i, I, mean, I have in the room <laughs> It's very, very impressive. And so you're, again, you're able to see, find things, address them that traditional testing is not able to, to test for. But I, I do think, um, you know, if someone can't come and see you, I think that you gave us some really good information on what is it, you know, what does it look like to have a parasite? You don't have to have parasites in your stool to have it. You know, you could have some cyclic symptoms. They can be all over the place. And those, again, those are those stealth infections where it's so hard to get the proper diagnosis because it masquerades as so many things. You could have a patient with migraines. You could have one with, you know, chronic bloating, um, you know, skin rashes, yep. and you could be, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall in terms of treatment, spending thousands and thousands of dollars when you, what you're offering is more of a precision, precision strategy. And I, I really, yeah. really like that. It's one thing to find it, but the other side of it is actually be able to test to figure out what specifically you need and custom blend that together for what you need specifically. You may have the same parasite infection as somebody else in your family, but you may need a different remedy because of what you're dealing with there. So okay. let me go back to when we first met, I wasn't doing energy medicine. Mm -hmm. and, and let me quote you on it because I remember this because it stuck in my head. You said, Dr. Frank, if you would just learn to do this, you'd be such a good doctor. Uh you were right. I mean, you I, know, but yeah. I don't know. No, I think I said such a better doctor. I don't remember Maybe saying such a good But yeah, I mean, we're, we, everything happens for a reason, right? But I just, right. you know, I, I've seen a lot of amazing things with the tool. I just knew that you could take it and run with it. And here we are years later. And here we are. You are, you are definitely ahead of the pack in, in what you're doing at your clinic. Appreciate um, that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Truth. So, you know, let, let's just touch on then treatment. So you, you alluded to the fact that if I have a, a parasite, but my son has the same one, you know, typically we would think, oh, it's the same treatment. Kind of talk about your, your, um, your thoughts on that. So the, the, the technique we use, we call somatic resonance testing is a form of kinesiology we can go through and we can test through. So I can actually have you hold the frequency of where that parasite is that you're testing to, and we can figure out what specifically your body needs. It may be you both have the same infection, one of them's more chronic, one's more acute, and you may need something differently. So the other side is like actually looking and say, okay, do you need a herbal? Okay, well, we can blend herbal together, or we can come through and make it a homeopathic version of it, or we can invert the frequency of it to make it something different. So if I have a parasite, I can take the frequency of the parasite, invert that frequency to kind of help your body actually cancel out that, now, let's say if I come through and take a, let's say we need neem or pumpkin or low water, one of these other ones that helps with hookworm, I can actually go through there and actually potentize it in at a higher frequency level, 1x all the way to 1m, which is one times or up to 1 million times for the frequency of it, and put that in homeopathic and combine those together and come through and do that. Sometimes people need herbal, sometimes they don't. Pregnant women, we can't give them most of the herbs that you need for parasites because they're pregnant. Right. Right. Because, I mean, it can cause abortion. So what we do is we go back and say, okay, I can treat it, create a homeopathic, just the energy frequency of it. And they can do that just fine. It won't have any effect on them, but they can still expel parasites with it. So 
it's quite interesting some of the different things that we found with that that actually still get results and the pictures we get from our patients oh my my, my assistant Lisa has a collection <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure so then um, I know again this is going to uh, be different from patient to patient but what do you see as the treatment course is it usually two rounds three rounds uh, rounds every year How's that cadence? So I work with more chronic ill people. So they're already coming in. They're already in, in an issue. But I have some other ones there. And some people, you know, a month, two months, we get through it. And what I do is, and I, and I learned this the hard way, is, oh, look, you're not testing to it anymore. This works great. Hey, we fixed it. Three, four months later, they come back and say, it's starting back up again. Um, and so what I've learned to do is I come back and say, okay, it's not showing now. We're going to put you on a maintenance dose. We're going to give you a very tiny bit for three months. And we're going to make sure we're going to just test and make sure and make sure we've taken care of any eggs or anything else that can hatch and start all over again. You don't go through all that work and put that effort in and not have the vigilance to go through and make sure it's there. So I, I usually go through and we get after it pretty quick and hard, make sure the body can handle it, make sure they're detoxifying properly from it. And so we have to address all these things with it. Sometimes it's a multifactorial case where we got Lyme, we got mold issues, we got all these other things that are playing into it. And we can't push as hard. We need to address it and put in what I call checkmate, you know, stabilize it there to keep it from progressing while we're cleaning some of these other things up. And that becomes an issue. And this is where like Lyme disease, these parasites can get infected with Lyme, even though you clear all the body, they keep releasing it back into it. And if your immune system or stress kicks up, your system dips, all of a sudden you got Lyme again that can play to it, which also affect thyroid functionality and everything else as well. So there's all these different factors that we have to look at and address. Is there hidden viruses in there? We deal with Epstein-Barr. We have some of these other things that are causing neurological issues that are playing into it. So all these different factors, anything that causes stress on the body will essentially take the body and shift it away from the thyroid working properly and put it on the adrenals. Sure, sure. And so we got to get it back out of that state where we get the thyroid functioning at a high level and then supporting whether it's glandulars, whether it's minerals, whatever it is, to make sure the liver is functioning at a high level before we actually convert that over, the body can use that properly. And then, so I have two questions based on that. The first is, let's say we just have a healthy individual who just wants some tips on trying to avoid getting a parasite infection. Is there, are there anything that, that even when your patients get over their parasite infections and, you know, they're, they're still on, you know, perhaps a lower dose, but they really want to know, is there, is there anything that you encourage other than, you know, keeping the acidity of the stomach was, was something that I would, would think and yeah. just keeping, is Absolutely. there anything else? Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is to make sure your microbiota is strong. Oh, so yes. you can take good probiotics because these, you got good bacteria and bad bacteria. The bad bacteria is like the wolves. The good bacteria is like the sheepdogs trying to protect us. So they're going to fight for you. They're going to defend you. They're going to do everything they can to help you. And so we want to keep that very strong. So in that, we need to stop putting things there and they're hurting it. A lot of sugar, a lot of other things like that, they're going to affect it and start feeding it things we need to, not just the prebiotics, but the good fibers or anything we need to help them grow. Well, we also need to make sure we're getting a good balance in there. So kefir, kabuka, just taking those things are going to be a huge part of that. Just maintaining that health there. So if does, something does slip through the stomach, it can fight off and deal with it and, and get rid of it. So that's one of the big ones, keeping your immune system ready for that. And it's not just about boosting, you know, immunoglobulins, things like that. It's about actually building up these forces in your gut to help with that, because that's really kind of the first big area you're gonna get it or you're gonna breathe it in, it's gonna come through the lungs. But in any case, that we need to have something there. And even your microbiota is all over your body and your lungs are everything. So you need that everywhere to protect you. And so that'd be kind of the first thing I really look at and go, okay, what do we need to do for that? How do we maintain that health there? Okay. So any any sort of 
foods that you find that people just keep getting exposed to? Is it maybe pork or just make sure you cook certain foods? Any tips on that? You know, it's so hard to tell anymore because I have people that show with parasites from all around the world. Oh, and really? they never left the state. They barely left their own state, you know. And it's so much that's on the foods now that gets transferred around. Sure. I mean, it's hard to say really because you, you go to the store and they have fruit fruit and everything from everywhere. They yep. put it together. You don't know what's being blended together. So make sure you wash everything real well. I'm a big fan of using ozone. I like I have a little ozone machine in our sink. We get vegetables or fruit. We put in a big bowl. We put it in there. We bubble it for about five, 10 minutes. And it kills off all the stuff on there. And it lasts twice as long in the refrigerator too. Yeah, so, absolutely. But I have teenagers, so that doesn't really happen but <laughs> i know they eat us out of house and home anyway so, <laughs> so eat it really fast nothing nothing goes bad um well i think that we covered a lot i think that there's some really practical um information and really awareness awareness is really yep. is, is really important because you know there's just some some practitioners who say everybody has parasites and you have to do a parasite cleanse and some people get in big trouble because they do these boxed cleanses their detox pathways aren't open. They end up retoxifying themselves. It's, I'm sure you've seen this over and over as a clinician. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I really like the guidance and, and, you know, where can people actually find you? Where are you located and how do we get a hold of your, your staff and your clinic? So if anyone wants to make an appointment to see you, how do we do so? So I'm in Wichita, Kansas, and we treat patients all over the United States and other countries that fly in to see us. We uh, kind of specialize in chronic illness. So people come in for package deals and we'll treat them every day. They get to spend time with us every day. We go through a whole cleansing uh, process there. But uh, you can find us on our website, which is www.doceralifecenter.com, which I'm sure you're probably going to post it somewhere yeah. in the info with this. And then you can call our office at 316-37, I'm sorry, 531-3030. And that will allow you to kind of get a hold of us. And we always offer a free consult. I have five doctors in the clinic here and we are up and running and we're doing really good work here with all of them. So I'm really proud of all these doctors here. I learn from them all the time. So it's incredible having there. So if I'm not available, you may get one of the other doctors and they're all great. We work together as a team. So it's, uh, it's encouraging. So, but call, you get a free 20 minute consult. We do zoom calls if we need to, we kind of see how we can help and what we're finding and how we can change your life for the better. Very good. And, and you can do everything virtually right? You, I mean, you don't yeah. really, you don't have to have That's I think that's so important too, because a lot of people, you know, that it's just with COVID, we're, we're not used to going anywhere, but you can do everything yeah. that if I was standing in your clinic, you can do, of course, you're going to get, yeah. you know, like a lot more exposure to the, in, I mean, you have yeah. a lot of really neat therapies in your office. So, you know, yeah. of course, if you can do that, um, that's great. That is totally great. So, how about one thing that Dr. Kaysen is especially doing right now to stay healthy? How about a tip? What I'm doing to stay healthy right now? Well, um, well, working out, you know, eating right. That's the typical answer, right? Yeah. Um, I'm really kind of focusing on some of the uh, different homeopathic things that we're doing. And I'm actually finding that some of those actual frequency things work better for me. And so we're coming up with some uh, new ways of doing stuff to uh, help people kind of figure out how to keep these frequencies in their body a little bit better and be able to balance out. So some things we're working on there. So nice, nice. And experimenting yeah. on yourself. That's always, I mean, every, everything I'm, that I'm I ever learned. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's right. Oh, that's great. Well, that means you have a lot of faith in everything that or you're my doing, kids. of course. Oh, kids, right, right. So. When they're, yeah, when they're around, right? Very good. Well, it has been so. a pleasure to have you, Dr. Kaysen. It's always really nice to see you. I mean, we're good friends uh, beyond this, um, you know, this doctor talks, but we're really blessed to have had you today. And I'll link all your stuff so people can find you. But just thank you so much for your time today. You're absolutely welcome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, take care. All right.